Hi, all. Welcome to Empower House Life Coaching, the podcast. My name is Amanda Escobedo. I'm your life coach pro, conscious design expert, master of removing mental blockers and upgrading your thoughts. I'm the founder of Empower House Life Coaching, and I'm your host. Welcome to episode 10. Per usual, I've got a burning question for you. And my burning question is, who are your people? <laughs> Let's be real. I'm not for everyone and neither are you. <laughs> we each have our own quirks or characteristics, odd things about us, which some people find endearing and others just find plain annoying. But if someone finds you annoying or invokes judgment on what you say, what you like, what you're wearing, how do you respond? Do you adjust to their likings or do you shake it off and say, eh, I'm not for everyone and just carry on. You know, when we were kids, we used to live just carefree lives. We were carefree of judgments. We used to do things just because. We used to dance to the beat of our own drum, wear two different color socks and polka dot pants just because. (laughs) But then life happened and someone might have told you, you don't have rhythm. So you stop dancing. Someone might have looked at your miscolored socks and polka dot pants and said, you look weird. So you stopped wearing bold prints and started making sure everything you wore matched. And as you went through and experienced life, these little gremlins started to form in your head. They were little monsters in disguise. They were disguised as your best friend. They became your committee of limiting and negative belief systems. They became the voice that said, make sure you're wearing solid prints. (laughs) When your favorite tune came on, so did the voice in your head that said, don't even think about it. Do not embarrass us today. These gremlins have helped you form these different personas and put on a disguise. And years later, you don't even remember what it feels like to be without your armor or your mask. And today there's a calling Something is pulling at you, telling you something isn't right. Something needs to change, but you're not sure what it is. You're not sure how to change. But what if it was your act? What if one day you dropped the act? What if one day you decided to not only speak your truth, but to live your truth? What would happen? What would happen if you shared who you really were shared your real story? What if you shared your story of grief, loneliness, or isolation? What if you also shared your story of accomplishments? And your accomplishments could simply be the process of overcoming your fear. What if the process of shedding your masks was the medicine you needed to heal beyond expectations of others and grow against odds and attract an audience, a committee of empowerment. If you haven't gathered, today's podcast is about shedding your mask and showing up as your true authentic self and finding your people. As humans, we are wired for connection. It's an innate human desire to be a part of something larger than us. And when we take action to connect with others, we experience feelings of acceptance, love, meaning, purpose, inclusion, kinship, safety, and so much more. (laughs) 
Alternatively, when we anticipate or experience exclusion, we experience feelings of fear and danger, and we suffer. That said, connecting and belonging to a tribe is tremendously important and has a powerful impact on our health, well-being, and happiness. But many mistakenly exercise the practice of fitting in with others rather than fitting in with themselves first in order to feel that closeness. Brene Brown says, True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. Belonging to yourself, man, that takes courage. (laughs) So how do we fit in with ourselves and find and connect with people at the same time? Well, today... I'm going to share five steps that will help you shed your disguise and find and connect with your audience. And this could be your audience in the workplace, networking events. This could be your community of friends or romantic relationships. But relationships are vulnerable. You will be required to step out of your comfort zone and into your discomfort zone. Because the truth of the matter is, you could be in a relationship or even have a community of friends for years. But if you've been showing up to these relationships in a disguise, these people don't know you. And when people don't know you, it doesn't matter how many people are around you, your world is lonely. And my goal is to help you create a world of love, joy, and abundance. Before we get into these steps though, I wanna share a personal story and it goes back to grade school. You know. Like many in grade school, high school, I struggled to show up as myself. I got made fun of in the fifth grade. You know, the kids used to call me Amanda the Big Fat Panda. (laughs) Kids are mean. Those types of words really mark you. I used to be a social kid until I got made fun of. And after that event, I just became very mute. I was scared of the world or really of popular kids. And if I saw you and thought you were popular, I was afraid you were going to make fun of me. So all through junior high, I went through school trying to fade into the background. I made friends with other quiet kids. They were my safety net. But a few years later, I remember waking up to this pool, this pool to say hi to someone at school, say hi to someone new. So I did. (laughs) I went into class and I said hi to the person next to me and then... They said hi back and then they started talking to me and then I went into the next class and did the same thing and then they started talking to me too and from that moment on, I never turned it off. I never stopped talking. (laughs) That was kind of a moment of hope for me though. Hope that there were nice people in the world and from that day on, I just started to talk to different people but I'll be honest, it took me a while to find my people And it was when I went to college, that was when one of the most freeing experiences happened to me. I remember going into my first year thinking, you know, this is an opportunity for me to start over and show up as whoever I want to be. And I asked myself, who do I want to be? And honestly, I wasn't sure. (laughs) But what I found interesting was that popularity didn't exist. There were no clicks, at least not yet, because everybody was new. 
And everyone was starting from scratch and figuring out who their people were. And so I literally went door to door in my dorm building and introduced myself to everybody. (laughs) But when I went down that first hall, I remember going through that hall feeling like, "Mm, I think I picked the wrong school. Everyone I was meeting was super nice, super respectful, hospitable, like inviting me into their dorm room, having conversations with me. But Something just fell off and I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I finally came across another hall. And at the end of the hall, something just hit different. These people I came across just hit my nervous system differently. As I really got to know them, something inside of me told me they were safe and I could share who I really was. There was something about being around people which don't see your flaws, but they see your possibilities. That's how I felt. And this is what I want to create for you. I know there are politics in the workplace or networking events, but even in those places, you can find your people. And if your people don't exist in those places, you might want to consider working or networking somewhere else for the sake of your own health and well-being. But before we have you making radical life decisions, let's give you some steps to unveiling your disguise, to releasing your mask and finding your people. Now, for these steps, I want you to think about yourself as a scientist in a lab with a white coat, okay? And the person you're studying is you. (laughs) And just like a scientist, nothing is bad and nothing is good. It just is or it isn't. There is no judgment in a lab, just plain curiosity and amazement. And as you approach and take action on these steps, I want you to be neutral as a scientist would. So let's get into these steps. Step one, notice your inner critic. Now, the inner critic has many names, the lizard brain, the critter brain, or just a few. And the inner critic is one of the most damaging voices for you. It's the one that blames, shames, criticizes, or discourages you. It's what tells you you're doing it all wrong. It's the one that says, don't embarrass us. It's the one that says, just settle. This is the best you'll ever get. It's the one that says, don't do that or say that because people will think we're weird. (laughs) It's the one that's blaming you for everything. In this step, I just want you to notice the inner critic. Don't get mad at it. Just be an observer and notice it's there. Step two, notice your judgment of others. This is the voice that judges, compares, and puts others down. And just like everyone else in the world, there is a part of us that judges others. This is the part that makes negative assessments of other people. This is the voice that doesn't think someone can dance. This is the voice that thinks someone looks like a fool. This is the voice that thinks someone is too extravagant. They're not smart enough. They're full of themselves. They're way too flashy. When you notice this judgment of others, don't get mad at yourself when this happens. Just get curious and maybe notice when it happens and how often it happens. Step three. Notice the judgment from others, from the outside. Now, this could be a criticism of you. So your curly hair looks frizzy, girl. You should straighten it. (laughs) Maybe that criticism to you even echoes your inner critic. And when that happens, you may be tempted to believe the criticism if it matches your inner critic. But two criticisms don't make a truth. Continue to be observant. What's being said is either a criticism or it isn't. That's it. Nothing is bad. Nothing is good. Maybe someone criticizes a group that you're a part of. 
Maybe there's a collective judgment from society. Just notice it. Now, steps one, two, and three, they're just about noticing your different voices of judgment and becoming an observer of them. As you go through steps one, two, and three, I also want you to recognize which voice is louder. Is your inner critic louder than your judgment of others? Or are you criticizing others way more often than people are criticizing you? Remember, this is not the time to say I'm a bad or terrible person. This is just a time to be curious and fascinated by how many voices of judgments you have in your head and how often they speak. Additionally, the intention behind steps one, two, and three is to have you start the process of separating you from the voices because you are not the voices. Now, from there, we go into step four. Tap into your voice of wisdom. Now, your voice of wisdom is wise, relaxed, constructive. It opens you up to new experiences and satisfactions. Its assessments about circumstances are logical and objective. It views and sees the world without emotion or judgment. So as you've watched and noticed your different voices of judgments, pick one. Pick a voice of judgment that's the loudest. Maybe it's your inner critic. And ask yourself, what does my voice of wisdom say in response to this? So if your inner critic is saying, don't embarrass us because you want to dance, your voice of wisdom might say, what's the worst that could happen? They laugh. You won't die. What if you actually had a good time? What if others joined? Here's another example. You're newly dating someone and you sent that person a text and you didn't receive a response right away. Your voice of judgment, your inner critic might say, you'll never find anyone. They don't like you. You're too clingy. (laughs) But your voice of wisdom might say, brah, chill. Isn't it possible that this person has responsibilities and isn't glued to their phone? And if this person was in fact responsible and focused, isn't that a good thing? The goal here is to get you familiar with your voice of wisdom and make this voice your new best friend. You'll know you're tapped into your voice of wisdom when you're navigating forward with a sense of calm. And when you're tapped into your voice of wisdom, that's when the magic happens. That's when your disguise starts to fall to the ground. You start to shed the mask, shed the armor, and you feel taller, lighter, and full of new possibilities. And as you begin to navigate your world without your disguise and interact with those around you, you'll be able to gauge which audience empowers you to stay in your strength and stay in your truth. Why? Because your strengths will add value to them. Last but not least, step five, have faith in your worthiness. Now, for some of you, you may have experienced some traumatic experiences, traumatic judgments, or maybe even abuse when you tried to be you. So your mask has functioned like an armor. It's protected you. But believe you are worthy of love and belonging. Believe out of the billions of people in the world, you have an audience and your audience is waiting for you to show up. Trust that your right audience will appreciate you. They will find your odd, quirky behaviors endearing and hilarious. (laughs) They will believe what you have to say matters, and they will receive and elevate from your gifts. Have faith. Take off your mask. Your people cannot find you when you're disguised as someone else. 
Now, when you're navigating through these five steps, don't be afraid of losing people along the way. Be more afraid of losing yourself by trying to please everyone else around you. So to recap, here are your five steps to unveiling the person under the disguise and finding your people. Step one, notice the inner critic. Step two, notice your judgment of others. Step three, notice judgment from others. Step four, tap into your voice of wisdom. And step five, have faith in your worthiness. Remember, be a scientist in these steps. Stay objective. It will be difficult, but like everything we master, it takes practice. (laughs) Give yourself permission to stumble. Expect your voice of judgment to be super loud. Expect it to take some time for you to learn how to turn up the volume of your voice of wisdom. Expect yourself to come up against the brick wall of frustration. And when you do, I want you to pat yourself on the back and say, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. The brick wall of frustration is part of the process. And once you've come out of that frustration, try again. Now, if your inner critic is so loud and hindering your ability to think clearly, problem solve, and elevate to new heights, and or just blocking your joy and happiness, I'd love to gift you with a free coaching session. In this session, we're going to create an inner game strategy for you. We'll identify what you would like to be experiencing instead of what you're experiencing today. We'll uncover what might be stopping or slowing you down from having what you want. And together, we'll create a step-by-step plan of action that has you elevating to new heights. To schedule your free coaching session, go to www.empowerhousecoaching.co. Once again, www.empowerhousecoaching.co. Together, let's end the year strong with you steering your ship with confidence and control. All right, folks, I'm Amanda Escobedo, and you've been listening to Powerhouse Life Coaching, the podcast. If you haven't already yet, go to Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe and review this podcast. Join me next time in another conversation about removing mental blockers, unlocking your potential, and elevating you to new heights. Thank you for listening.